<laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad to be with you today and celebrate Fourth of July weekend, and, and it's going to be a good day, and Rick Gatrell has got this incredible thing he made that is a huge grill. We've seen the huge grill. He added on it, and it's a smoker, too, I think, and he's got a a hog we're going to he did something with with a pig yeah he roasted it that's what he did anyway that's going to be there so it's going to be a lot of good food a lot of fun and uh, we're going to have a great time we started the series talking about uh, being blessed and, and talking about uh, this is purposeful so I, I want you to hear my heart we're going to talk about money because uh, I, I want you to hear what God says about it. Not, I don't want, I, so if you're going to squirm in your seat, you won't. It's going to be, this is painless, really. I want to show you what God says about it. Not going to manipulate you. Not going to get you emotionally like, whoa, you know, and, and not the first 10 people. There's no gimmicks here. I want to show you what God says so that you are, are comfortable in knowing what God is saying about finances. And I think that's what my job is. So that I can help you, and so wherever you're going, or if you're visiting somewhere, you go and you go like, you know what? I know what God wants me to do. I'm going to do that, and you can feel confident in that. And we've talked. We started last week talking talking about your heart, and we talked about where the Bible says, "Where your treasure lies, your heart lies also." And that gets misquoted, and it gets switched around, and people will say, "Where your heart lies, that's where your treasure. Your heart always follows your treasure." So if we put our treasure in the kingdom, our heart follows that. Uh, and made illustrations last week of, uh, you know, if you wanted more family time, you have to put then your effort into having spending more time and your heart will go that way and all of those things. So we talk about this today. We're going to talk about a test. So uh, we've all been to school. Uh, and so when you, you ever been to school or in high school where you go and you or middle school, even really, I don't know as much as elementary. Sometimes we had teachers that did in elementary, but where they go in, they go, OK, everybody ready? And we'd all go, ready for what? And they say, the test. And we would say, what test? And that was those dreaded pop quizzes or those, you know, and you'd be like, ah. Oh. And so then the teacher would pass out the test. So I want to talk to you this morning that we are getting tested all the time. So how many here get paid once a week? Raise your hand. Get paid every other week. Paid once a month. How many don't get paid? And <laughs> some of the kids, I don't get paid. <laughs> so just talking about that testing. So the point is this. Every time we get paid, we're going to take a test on who we, us, all of us, are going to thank for that increase, for that provision, uh, who we're going to worship, who we're going to honor. And again, my heart is just to show you what God says. I'm not, you know, I'm just trying to show you. And it'll be painless, really, because once you understand, you're kind of cool with that. I mean, once we understand something, then we're kind of like, okay, I get it. I hate, how many, I'm not a math, I, do, I was not a math fan. Anybody not a math fan? I think, I think the devil invented math sometimes. I remember I t- Kim was like, you know, she's telling me something, and, and I said, I don't like math. And when am I ever going to use these numbers? That's a stupid answer. Because numbers are everywhere. You go in the grocery store, you're going to need math of some kind. But all of those things, it's just like, ah. There's, there's some things that we don't like, but once we understand it, it's not so bad. Once you kind of figure out, oh, you mean there's a formula? That's how that works? 
I'm not trying to give you a formula today, but once I can get you to see something, maybe in a little different way, the way God would want you to see it, you can go, okay, I get that. How many remember last week where I gave Scott $40? If you were here, uh, my head usher, Scott, was here, and before the service, I handed him $40. I said, in the service, I'm going to ask for that money back. When I ask for the money, I want you to bring it back to me. He's like, okay, cool. He hesitated a little long, and so we got rid of him. He's not here today. No, I'm teasing. <laughs> Some of you are like, oh, no. <laughs> no, he's playing softball somewhere today. It's all good. But <laughs> So I asked for the $40, and he brought it back to me. And I said, I just needed lunch money. I need 40 bucks. Who's got 40 bucks? And Scott says, I got it. And he brought it up to me. I stuck, put it in my pocket. If you could see my point of view, there's people like, that's it? He just asked for $40 and somebody gave it to him? And my point was, it was my money. I gave it to Scott before the service and told him to give it back to me. And then I asked this question. Was Scott upset because he gave me that money? And everybody said, no. And I said, why wasn't he upset? And they said, because it wasn't his. I said, Right. And we decided that that purpose, God wants us to be a steward over really it's his stuff. We just have to give back what he asks. So we talked about that last week. So this week we're going to kind of jump in just a little bit more. And we're going to begin to thank God. Now see, some people will thank God for the increase. They'll thank Visa, GMAC, Ohio Edison, Columbia Gas, Myers, Walmart whoever you're thanking. Um, but we, you can fill in the blank whoever you want. The cool thing is, this is the only place in the Bible where God says we can test him. Now, I'm not saying I want to test God, but God is saying you can try me in this. This is in the book of Malachi, and this is one that's usually given when talking about giving. If you don't, you know, boy, how do you say Malachi? You can say it Malachi if you want. I really don't care. But it is in the Bible. It's the last book of the Old Testament. This is what it says. Chapter 3, 6 and 7. I am the Lord. I do not change. Underline that in your Bible. I do not change. That's why you descendants of Jacob are not, are, are not already destroyed. Ever since the days of your ancestors, you have scorned my decrees. Your Bible might say ordinances and failed to obey them. Now return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of heaven's armies. But you ask, how can we return when we have never gone away? The reason God says he never changes is, let me just say this, he's already perfect. You cannot get better if you're already the best. So when he is already the ultimate, you can't change because you're already, you're the bar. (laughs) So as God is the bar, he doesn't change. So the ordinances or that word, it comes from the word ordinary, And it means basically ordinary behavior or normal. This is what you normally do. How many have routines? We're a routine people. Most of you, if you come here often, you'll sit almost the same area, same seat. You get up in the morning. This is your procedure. Get the coffee. Time to fix the donuts, brush the teeth, whatever you do. You know, you have normal behavior. This is what he's talking about. And he says, you've gone away from some of that ordinary principle. Return to me, says the Lord of hosts. And they say, what? What have we done? 8 through 12 of that same chapter. Uh, Should people cheat God, yet you have cheated me? But you ask, what do you mean? When did we ever cheat you? You have cheated me of the tithes and offerings due me. You're under a curse. Your whole nation has been cheating me. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, so there will be enough food in my temple or my house, in the storehouse. If you, notice it, if, is as if you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have room enough to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. Your crops will be abundant. 
I will guard them from insects and disease. Your grapes will not fall from the vine before they are ripe, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Then all the nations will call you blessed. Your land will be as such delight, says the Lord of heaven's armies. So Malachi is all about returning. The first chapter is returning to God in our faith. Second chapter is in our family. Third chapter is in our finances. And then in that fourth chapter, it's about God returning to us. God is saying, listen, I'm trying to show you some things. And if you'll obey them, I'm going to bless you for that. So I want to explain some of this stuff because the Bible wants you blessed. How many? God wants you blessed. There's so many scriptures that just go on. He wants you blessed. Not just when we think of blessing in our natural mind, we think it's always, you know, you got to what you drive, what you wear, where you live. He's not talking. About, those are great things. I'm, I'm sure that's fine. He's talking about just even in your mind. Even in your soul, your will, your emotions, even in your being, he wants you blessed. He wants you solid. You know, there's people that have all kinds of stuff and are miserable. And there's people that don't have a lot of stuff and are incredibly happy. It's not about the stuff. You can have nice things. It's okay. Just don't let nice things have you. The enemy wants you cursed. And this is why there's such friction when it comes to money. God wanted me, I just really believe he wants us to have a foundation. We've had so many new people, and they're like, they're giving their hearts to the Lord. You know, we're already at 150 people salvation uh, in, in church since January. So, yeah, give God a hand clap for that. So since Malachi's in the Old Testament, there brings all this stuff. People are like, well, that's Old Testament. We're New Testament. That's old book. We're new. We're of the new covenant. And so, you know, it would have been nicer if God would have just said, could you just wait, you know, maybe just four chapters. It could have been in the New Testament. But how many knows that God doesn't do anything by mistake? So he put it right where he wanted because he wants to test. He wants you, your heart to be with him. Did you know when you accept Christ, it is by your will that you accept Christ? Your own free will. You are a free agent to say, I don't want Jesus. I do want Jesus. So in that manner... He is saying this, you're going to serve me or you don't want to serve me. Where's your heart? So that's what we're looking at here. He put it there on purpose. Uh, and you understand that there's an Old Testament and a New Testament, but there's not an old God and a new God. Remember, he, he doesn't change. So there's three thoughts on tithing this morning. Here's our first thought. It's a test. The word tithe means tenth or a tenth part or 10%. Uh, by the number 10 in the Bible represents testing. That's what that number represents. It's all through the Bible. So when you see the number 10, there's usually a test involved. So that's why it's 10%. It's not 8%. It's not 12%. It's not 6%. It's not 15%. It's 10 because it's a testing number. So I'm going to give you a few examples, and I want you to answer me out loud. So here we go. How many plagues were there in Egypt? You guys are good. Boy, you're good. Okay, here we go. How many times did God test Pharaoh's heart? How many times did God test Israel in the wilderness? How many times were Jacob's wages changed? How many days was Daniel tested? How many virgins were tested in Matthew 25? How many days are testing mentioned in Revelation? How many disciples are there? Not paying attention. When it comes to money, there's a bigger, it's more of a test than anything else because there's such a battle. In the earth curse system, in the world system, it operates all on money. In the kingdom, money is a tool. We need money down here to do things and all that stuff, but heaven's got streets of gold. Money is not used the way it's used down here. And, and actually, that's where it's in that we are to be people in the marketplace to be blessings and to be a, witnesses of how good God is. 
All right, so I don't want you to feel condemned if you struggle here. I've struggled here, uh, and there's been times it's just been, it's been tough because how many of those things happen? You know, you're like, I want to tithe, but the refrigerator, I need new tires, I need this, I need groceries. After all, God would want me to eat. You have all kinds of things. We rationalize a lot of things, don't we? You guys are all quiet. No, I'm not saying a thing, are you? <laughs> but it's true. And, and it's okay. I don't want you to feel condemned. But I want, I want to teach you something about what he's telling us to do. So it's pretty simple. According to the, the word, it says, if I tithe, I'm blessed. If I don't, I'm cursed. I wonder what I would choose. I think if we're smart, we'd say, okay, I want to try tithing. Here's something somebody might say. I can't be cursed because I'm a believer, and since God bore the curse on the cross, I could never be under a curse. Okay, that means as a believer, I can live any way I want to and suffer no consequences. Did Jesus bear our sin on the cross? 1 Peter 2.24 says yes. He personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. By his wounds you are healed. Okay, as a believer, if that's true, and we believe that's true, have you ever sinned? Once you got saved, gave your heart to Jesus, have you ever sinned again? Or have you just been perfect and your halo just lights up as a nightlight everywhere you go? No, we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But how could we sin if he bore our sin? If he bore our sickness, Matthew eight seventeen says this, This fulfilled the word of the Lord through the prophet Isaiah who said, He took our sicknesses and removed our diseases. But as a believer, have you ever been sick? See, now I just understand. So that same principle applies to the curse. How about this one? Tithing was part of the law. I'm not under the law. I'm under grace, so I don't tithe. I have people that will say that to me. Let's apply this thinking in other areas. Just trying to make sense of all this so that you can see what God is saying. Okay, let's just say this. I'm going to tell you... um, some lie. I'm, I'm, I can't see too many people because of these wonderful headlights here. I'm going to tell you some lies about JD because he's my son-in-law and I'm going to pick on him. So I'm going to tell you some lies about JD. Now I can tell you those because I'm a believer and I'm not under the law. I'm under grace, so I'm allowed to tell those. Would that be right? That would not be right because thou shalt not lie was under the law. But since I'm under grace, I could still do that, right? If I ask for somebody's wallet, I did in the first service and they wouldn't give it to me. <laughs> Can I have your wallet? No. <laughs> and I just look in the wallet and said, okay, and I take all the money out and keep it. I'm allowed to because under the law it says thou shalt not steal, but I'm under grace, so it's okay. See, that thinking is not right because under grace is going to require more, and I'll, I'll prove that to you. How about this? I don't go to church because church is full of hypocrites. I don't like the church. It's just full of hypocrites. That's like saying I don't, go, I don't go to the gym because there's a lot of people there that are out of shape. That's why we go. Church isn't a place where you're perfect. Church is a place to come and get right. And then we're all, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, everybody's plate sits crooked on the table. Everybody's mine, everybody's. We all got issues. We all got to deal with that. But we got to understand, God doesn't change. So here's what we're saying. If it was wrong under the law, it's now right under grace. If murder 
was wrong under the law, is it still right now under grace or is it wrong? So we start looking at this. See, the law shows us the moral commandments of God. So if it's right under the law, it should be right under grace. Look at Matthew 5, 17 and 20. You can read all of that. It just basically says, he didn't come. This is Jesus talking. He didn't come to abolish the law. He's even saying, and to tell you the truth, under heaven and earth disappear not. Even the smallest detail of God's law will disappear until its purpose is achieved. So he's saying, if you ignore the least in the kingdom of heaven, but anyone who obeys God's laws and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. But I warn you, unless your righteousness is better than the righteousness of the teachers of the religious law and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. So the Pharisees and the, and the religious leaders, that, their righteousness was the law. That was just law. Grace always exceeds the law. Now let me explain. Again, Jesus, Matthew 5, 21 and 22, and he's saying this. He says, you've heard that our ancestors were told you must not murder. If you commit murder, you're subject to judgment. But I say, if you're even angry with someone, you're subject to judgment. If you call someone an idiot, I'm guilty of that. You ever done that? You idiot. Oh, that's probably not good. Uh, but you're in danger of being brought before the court. And if you curse someone, you're in danger of the fires of hell. So where did that come from? That came from the law. He says, grace says, you, you're, not, you're not supposed to get angry. I just saw somebody the other day that was just still ticked about something that who knows what they were ticked about, but it, was, it happened a long time ago. You're going to be held accountable for that. You cannot hold on to that stuff. It will be detrimental to your health. Actually, detrimental to your eternal life, really. Grace requires more. It says, don't even be angry. Matthew 5, 27, 28, you've heard the commandment says you must not commit adultery. But I say anyone who even looks at a woman and has lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So the law says you can't commit it. Grace says you can't think it. It's always more. So if somebody says, I don't tithe because I'm under grace, then I could say, well, oh, you give more than 10%. They don't like that usually. (laughs) Here's number two. It's in the book. See, a lot of people don't tithe because they don't think, uh, they don't believe it's in the book. They don't believe it's in the Bible, or if it was, they go back to it's in the law. We're New Testament now. Genesis talks about Melchizedek, and it talks about them giving a tenth to him. And then many scholars and theologians say that the Melchizedek represents Jesus. And so that scripture is Genesis 14, 18, and 20. But he talks about bringing out bread and wine. That's pretty interesting since at the Last Supper, that's what Jesus shared. So he talks about, and that's 500 years before the law. So I'm, I'm trying to establish something without giving you tons and tons. I've given you a lot of scripture for sure. And normally, I only give you like three or four. But today, because we're doing this subject, I've got to give you more. Genesis 28, 22, Jacob speaking. And this memorial pillar, I've set up a will to become a place for worshiping God. I will... Present it to God, a tenth of everything he gives me. That's 400 years before the law. Leviticus 27.30, God is saying that it's mine. One-tenth of the produce of the land, whether grain, fields, or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord and must be set apart from him as holy. Deuteronomy goes on, uh, 26, 1 and 2, and 13 and 15. And again, just a lot of scripture. But here's my reason for showing you scripture. If you go to YouVersion Bible, you can get all of that. It's on our notes. You can get all of that. But I don't want you to take my word for it. I want you to see God's word for it. So that's the reason there's a lot of scripture in there. But he's talking about just 
separating things uh, that's God's and taking it and taking it to the place that God wants you to. And he's saying, I've removed the holy tithe from my house and I've taken it to your house because it doesn't belong to me. It's yours. That's that same principle I was trying to show you with Scott. I love this next great scripture. If Jesus said to you, now listen to me, if Jesus said you ought to tithe, would you do it? I mean, if Jesus is saying that, I mean, not, we love Abraham, we love Moses, Jacob, Peter, but if Jesus says, dude, yo, you ought to do this, that's pretty hip, I just said yo, probably said it wrong, all you hipsters out there, (laughs) but if he said it, now check this out, this is Jesus, Matthew 23, 23, What sorrow awaits you, teachers of religious law and you Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your herb gardens, but you ignore the more important aspects of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. You should tithe. This is Jesus, yes, but do not neglect the more important things. Now, I'm going to show you eventually in weeks to come that really this part is the least. Jesus is just saying, you know, it's, you, you should do this. But you, you got to do these other things as well. If Jesus said you ought to tithe, I don't need any more scripture. That's good enough for me. That's good enough. That's cement right there. Well, Jesus said it. I'm in. Hebrews 7, 1 through 3 talks about, again, Melchizedek and all of those. Uh, Abraham giving a tenth of all he captured and he gave it to them. And, and the theologians, again, they're, they're saying this represents Christ. And I, I believe that as well. And in there, there, there talks about the word like. In your verse, it might say like. It, it means image. And it's really referring back again to Jesus. Verses 4 and 8 goes on and says those same kind of things. Um, what it's saying there, and again, without just going through all of that, it's basically saying as I'm giving my tithe, I'm giving it to man. I'm putting it in the basket or the bucket or, or whatever. But God is receiving it. That's what it's saying. The emphasis is on what what is happening. Your action is is you're giving it to someone. Then you're done with that. Then they have to be a good steward of what they're supposed to do. But God receives your obedience and what you're doing. That's what that's saying. And so that's that's really cool about that. And I told you the story last week. I'm just being as honest as I can. I haven't. I'm not saying I got all this down. I'm just saying I'm figuring some of this out. But I have given where I have not given with a joyful heart. I've not given with a happy heart. I've given reluctantly. I've given because I knew I was supposed to and I didn't want to. I knew it wasn't mine, but I was afraid to keep it. Because of some of the things where, you know, like, I don't want to keep it if it's mine. I don't want to cause anything. But I remember throwing 10 bucks in and they had those gold trays. I don't know if you go to church that has gold trays. We have baskets because I don't like gold trays. We had bags for a while, and you know why? And this just might be selfish, because I'm like, I don't want you to see what I'm putting in there. I just want to put it in. You keep your hand, you know. And uh, so, but they had a gold tray, and I had $10, $10. And that's all my wallet had, $10. And, and I was married to the lovely lady here, Kim. We were, but, you know, we didn't have any gas. And after church, you know, you want to, you like to go either you're going home to eat, you're going somewhere to eat, or you're hopefully you're going to stop in at mom and dad's house or something. We didn't have, you know, and it was just, it was lean. Everything was lean. I was a lot leaner. <laughs> you shouldn't laugh so hard now. But I took that, t- I turned to her and I said, I feel like God wants me to give this $10. And that's all we had. I was praying we could even get home with the gas. Cause you ever feel like you're driving on fumes? 
or that little light comes on, bing, you are low on fuel. Shut up. You know, and you just, you want to fill it up, but you ain't got no money to fill it up. I turned to her and I said, I feel like I'm supposed to give this $10. And, and guys, when you marry a godly woman, she just turned around and said, well, you better give it. So this is what I did. They're passing that plate. I threw that money in. I threw it in. I didn't place it. I didn't. I, and then I did this, as my kids would say, typical dad. I didn't tell anybody what I put in. I didn't do anything else, but I was not happy because I'm thinking, unless I go to Charlotte's, her mom's house, we ain't eating, and I hope I can make her house, and if I go to her house, we might walk home. And on our way out, uh, I remember as an older gentleman, bald head, um, I just remember his bald head because it was shiny, and he, I, don't, I don't remember his name, he came up and shook my hand, and there was something in his hand. And he said, the Lord wanted me to tell you as fast as you can give it, I can get it back to you. And in my hand was another $10 bill. I mean, I got back in the car and thought, now God, did he seem, I don't even know where that man sat, but I, I told nobody any of that. What I'm trying to tell you is God is trying to teach you something. Here's our, our last thought. There are perks. You like perks? I like perks. When you're in covenant, there are perks. Stand up for me. I married her. Give me a kiss. That's a perk. <laughs> you can't do that. But I get to do that. Because that's a perk. But that's a good thing. Those are benefits from being in the kingdom, from understanding what God is saying and just saying, God, you know what? I'm just going to be obedient. I'm going to keep that covenant. I'm going to be faithful to what you've called me to do. And there are blessings that come with that. There are things that happen just because I'm a kid of God, and so are you. There are perks with that. You don't even have to understand everything that God is doing. You just need to stand under what he's doing. I mean, I, I don't understand a lot of stuff, but I have to trust. I grew up with a mother that had this phrase, because, yeah, mom, why can't I climb trees? Because I like to climb trees. I'm part monkey. Don't say anything. <laughs> because I said so. I remember getting up in a tree, Mrs. Williams' tree, climbed clear to the top. It was awesome. I loved to look out. I felt like I was Tarzan. That's a whole other story. My family knows all about that. But I lost my footing. And I remember playing pinball wizard all the way down the tree. Boom, 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 boom. Bing, 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 bing. Hit the ground. And my mom had come out of the house because it was time for lunch. It was in the summer. And she was yelling, Brett, I was half unconscious. And then when she starts yelling your middle name, you know you're in trouble. Brett Allen, you better not be in that tree. And I thought, I was laying on the ground. I said, thank God I'm not in the tree. Because <laughs> she was going to come get me. What I'm telling you is there are perks in the kingdom. As you start doing things with God, you start listening, you start trusting, you start obeying God, then he starts opening heaven. He starts saying, that's my boy. That is my boy. 
And if you didn't understand this before, you don't have to understand all of it, but I'm telling you, just trust me in this. Stand under it. Just let, even if God said, just because I say, do you trust me? Do you trust me? I'm telling you, there's things that you may not be able to see, but if you'll trust God in your giving, it'll open up doors that'll just blow your mind. Stuff that I don't even understand. Stuff that we gave and we are like, ah, oh, God, I don't even know. We, we, we got this bill and the bill was for like, this is a true story. And I, I might have the numbers wrong, but it's going to be close. 300 and some dollars or something like that. Weird. 323.78, let's just say. That's probably not the number. But we had, you got that test. <laughs> okay, Lord. But I could take that money and apply it towards this bill. I'm just going to give it because it's yours. And all of the, that week, I still don't know how I was going to get paid that bill. We got a kickback we didn't even understand from our insurance for the exact amount of that bill. Come on! I'm like looking at that going, that kind of stuff. You're like, how did you do that? I don't know. I don't understand it. But boy, I'm glad I stood under it. They're perks. If I understand God at all, I would fight for my kids. If they were in trouble, I would fight for them. I will go through anything to fight for them. Most parents would. Does that mean your kid's always obedient? Could you imagine if your kid's hanging from a limb? Daddy, help me. Did you clean your room today? I don't know. We would just, we would put all that aside. Listen to me. Because this is what happened to me. I would, I would ask myself, God, I haven't always been faithful in this. So you wouldn't help me. You'll help somebody that's been faithful all the time. You know what God says? I'll take you. I'll help you. What you didn't do, I'll forgive that. Just trust me. If you'll listen to God, he'll change what you think. He'll change the way you respond. Statistics say this, one in five tithe. That means like one in five people say, you know what, God, I believe you. That's pretty low. I think we have a higher statistic in this church the people, you know, they're like, yep, I'm tithing. The good news, the bad news, the ugly news. A lot of people do tithe. And they, they have blessings of it. That's good news. The bad news is, sometimes we watch that and we get jealous. Well, how come God's doing that for them and he won't do it for me? He would do it for you. But there's, there's seriously, when we're obedient, there's blessing. That's just how it works. That doesn't mean he doesn't love you. He's still going to love you. He's still going to help you, but not to the extent if you're obedient. Does that make sense? The ugly news is, if we say, I'm not tithing, this money's mine, I work for it. You're the head of the house. You'll bring the whole family under your stubbornness. You see, we have authority. There's two testimonies. There's people that I've asked, they'll go, I tithe, I'm blessed. There's other people who go, I can't afford to tithe. I just want to encourage you. If you've been, I've been on both sides of that. And I can reason, I can rationalize just as good as anybody. But I've done both sides. And when I didn't have any and I chose God, 
That's when I found the $10. That's when, uh, you know, the $10 came back in my hand. That's when, after church, and I'm just trying to be as honest as I can. I just want you to see how this, it's just been amazing. Lord, I need $20. I want to I feed our kids on the way home. We didn't live by family when we were pastoring in Pickerington. So, you know, we either went home and fixed lunch or we went out to eat or, or whatever or, you know, sometimes things got lean. We wanted to go to Wendy's because they had a value menu. Thank the Lord for value menus when you need them. And so we went through and we had four kids. And my boys are like, you know, what do you want? I like 62 of those, you know. I mean, when they're ordering for themselves, if I'm paying for it, they want to eat like the rich and famous, don't they? If I'm paying for it, yes. I'll, I remember we ordered at one restaurant. You know, Sam's like, I'll go first. He'll go, I'll take two of the. Do you want one pork chop or two? Give me two. They're like 40 bucks a chop. I'm like, dude, no. <laughs> Bread and water for the boy over there. That's what I'm saying. You know, I mean, he's just like, oh, man. Well, my, Zach, love, you know, he loves a good burger. So he goes, well, I want me a couple of them Baconators. And I said, Zach, Zach, a Baconator's like, Five bucks for the sandwich. Just get one of them junior bacon cheeseburger. You can, hey, you can have four of those guys instead of the one big one. Have you ever eaten a Baconator? Have you compared that with the junior bacon cheeseburger? <laughs> if you've eaten them, you wouldn't be talking to me this way. You see, sometimes we have... <laughs> but this is what happened. I, we prayed that. 20 bucks. We went out after church. I didn't tell anybody. Kim's the only one. Yeah, I tell my, my heart to her. So we go out there. We didn't tell anybody. And on my windshield wiper, somebody, I don't know who. I don't know if there was a $20 angel. I don't know. There was a $20 on my windshield wiper. And I did the same thing I thought when I prayed for $10 and I found it on the ground. I should have asked for more. <laughs> but what I'm trying to tell you is, and I'll teach you in this series, why it's important for first fruit and all of that tenth to come out. And I'll, I'll teach you about redeemed or, or sacrificed. I, I'll show you all of that, what the word says, so that you'll go, oh, this, I get it. And it's like peeling an onion back, and you'll go, oh, I understand. So I took, I didn't have $20 to spend at the value menu. I, had, I took 10% off that. I had 18 And as soon as I got changed, I took $2. I stuck it in another place. I separated it because that was going to be God's money, because I was going to honor him. And I'm telling you, when you have a mindset, God, I just want to honor you. It's crazy. There's, there's stuff that we've like, okay, Lord. And you can say, well, Brett, I don't, I don't even get it. I don't really get it all either. It's a kingdom principle. But as you obey, it's amazing. We've given and, and we felt like the Lord said, here, give this somewhere else. You know, in an offering. Because that's where you get your multiplication. Tithing's just returning. I'll show you that. But I mean, and we give it, but it was our grocery money. So it, it was, okay, what are we going to do? I don't know. Don't understand. I'm going to stand under we get home, there'd be five bags of groceries sitting outside our door. To this day, I don't know who put them there. And good stuff. Pop-Tarts. I mean, like Kellogg's. Not, not off-brand poop-Tarts or whatever they are. But Pop-Tarts. You know, all of the, the good stuff. I did it again. <laughs> but, but what I'm saying is, you just start going, God, you're amazing. Why? It's kingdom. If I can show you just being one of God's kids and doing what he asks, it's exciting. He's going to do things that will just blow your mind. 
but it'll start. It's hard to say, but in a world, a world that always wants money, it's going to start with your heart is. Again, think about this. Where your treasure lies, your heart lies also. But everything that I have is God's. So if it's not mine and he asks for it, I'll gladly give it back to him. Second Chronicles 31, 5 through 10. And again, not going to read all of that. I'm going to do this illustration and then we're going to be done. We have 10 minutes left in the service, okay? So if you hang on with me for 10 minutes. This basically, it's just talking uh, about there was so much brought in. There were just heaps and piles. And people were amazed. All these, the, the bigwigs were like, where's all this come from? And they're just like, people are just obeying God. There's so much. They were so generous. They could help everybody. They could do so many things. And like Katie was saying, there's people that don't have any idea about that. But because of your generosity, we were able to do so many things. We gave out 50 backpacks at that Rock the Block that were full of book supplies and the packs. We gave away bikes. Matter of fact, the wonderful people that won the bikes still come to this church to this day because they were like, this is awesome. And I'm telling you what, our church has never been the same because they're awesome people. It is what God does. And we want to get back into that. We're like, God, we want to show people. I'm going to give you an illustration. I'm going to end this, okay? So I'm going to ask Josh, will you come and help me? Jay, I'm going to ask you again because you're right here on the end. I'm going to ask Justin to come because I love Justin. (laughs) And so line up here and face these guys. All right. Now, this is an illustration. I'm going to give each of these guys $10,000 every month. Is that pretty good? It's just an illustration. <laughs> so, I'm going to give Meats $10,000. And this is, I'm going to go away. But Miss Kim is sticking by the home front. And I'm asking each of them to give her $1,000 every month. Then keep the nine, just give her $1,000. That's a pretty good deal. How many would like to be part of that deal? You want to give me 10000 I get nine. I just got to send 1000 to Miss Kim. I'm in. Okay, so I go away, a couple months, you know, I'm overseas or wherever I'm at, ministering, I come, I, I get a hold of Kim, and I say, hey, baby, how's it going? She's going pretty good. I said, I got those three guys. I got Josh, I got JD, I got Jay. How are they doing? She said, Josh, this is amazing. I said, yeah, tell me about Josh. She said, you know, like clockwork, every month, he sent me $1,000. I said, I love Josh, he's awesome. I said, how about J.D.? She's, he's amazing. Freaky. I said, why? He's giving me 2000 What? I only told him to give you 1000 I know, but he sends me 2000 every month. J.D.'s doing it. I'm like, that's, that's awesome. How about Jay? Well, I want to talk to you about Jay. <laughs> she said, the first month, I got $700. I said to him, send you a thousand. I know, but I just got 700. Well, what did he send you the second month? I've not seen anything. We're in the third month and we haven't seen anything. Now, let me ask you, this is just an illustration. Jay is an incredible giving person. Probably the nicest, most genuine guy you'd ever want to meet. So this is not reflected of his character at all. It's actually the direct opposite. <laughs> but in this illustration, would I continue to give Jay money? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to catch a fox and cut his tail off. Yeah, yeah. George is my friend. 
Now, I'm not going to keep giving him money because he's not doing what I ask him because I ask him to take care of her. I'm going to give what I gave him to him because he's not only doing what I'm asking. He's like, hey, she wants that. I'm going to give her two thousand because, man, I love bread. I love Kim. I'm going to give I'm going to do that. So I'm going to take what I was given Jay. I still love Jay, but I can't bless Jay because he's not doing anything with what I gave him. So I'm going to give it to J.D., who's going to actually going to now she's going to even get more, but he's going to get more. And I'm going to continue to bless Josh because he's been faithful and good. Give these guys a big hand. <laughs> no, but my purpose for, for saying that Jesus is doing that. That's the principle I want you to catch today. He's gone away and the, the church is his bride. And he's saying, would you take care of her while I'm gone? So every time we have increase come in, we're being tested on who we're going to honor with that. If it's 20 bucks, if it's 10 bucks, if it's five bucks, if it's five cents, if it's 25 cents. It doesn't matter if it's 2,500 bucks. doesn't matter because if we honor God, then we, he starts opening up those windows. Things start happening. We can test him and he'll start taking care of us. I want to challenge you this morning, even if you don't understand everything I'm saying to you, trust me enough, and I've given you enough scripture, and again, you can go look it up, do your own Bible study. If I'm not telling you what's true, don't do it. It's got to be true. It's got to be out of the word. You look at it. I'm telling you what's true. People will ask me and Kim all the time, how did God do that for you? I'm showing you how he does it, because it's your heart in the times when it's not so easy to give, that's when you got to do it, man. You got to do it when it's easy and when it's not easy. I told you that story last week where we gave that waitress a big tip and I didn't want to. See, it's always me. Spiritual one's her. I didn't want to because we didn't have a whole lot of money. And, she, and I said, we don't know. No, we don't need to do that. We'll give her a good tip, but not a big one. And she said, this is what she said. And remember, this echoed in my heart. And I'm telling you today, so this is 20 years later or more. If we can't give when we don't have... We won't give when we do. And that just like. I challenge you this morning. Think about what we're talking about. And I don't want you to feel pressured. I want you to go. You know what I'm learning. And I want to learn what God says. So that you can do what God says. And watch what he does. Now afterwards I want you to go up to Josh and Jay and JD. And see if they have any of that 10,000 that they're talking about. Anyway. Apply it to your life. They'll, those guys in that illustration took care of her because of their love for me and her. And that's what Jesus is asking. If you love me, obey me. Just do what I ask. And watch what God does with you. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes, please?